Join me in our responsive reading, Call to Worship, titled, Waiting. Look upon us gently, Lord, for waiting is not our forte. But waiting, when we are waiting for the light to shine, when we are waiting for the word, when we are waiting for a wound to heal, nothing in all the world is harder than waiting. Transform our in the meantime into your time while we wait with each other, sit with each other, pray each other into hope 
surrounded by your presence even in the darkness, especially in the darkness. Amen. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning on this Memorial Day weekend, and I hope that you will enjoy your weekend and spend some time uh, thinking about those who have uh, given their lives for us, um, both in our country and in our faith. Uh, we are glad that you're here today and uh, welcome you and, uh, and are, are happy to have you as a part of our fellowship today as we worship God together. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and, and we hope that you'll be a part of our family. 
I'd like to invite you to drop by our hospitality table after the worship service and, uh, and pick up a, a gift that we have for you uh, there at the hospitality uh, table. We have a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning. First of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets uh, there in the, on the end of each row there. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning and fill it out as completely as you feel comfortable. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday, give us your email news or email address and we'll be glad to... Um, put you on our list for our newsletter that comes out each week and that's a good opportunity to see what we have going on and see what opportunities there are for worship and fellowship and service here at, through Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of which we have uh, some things that are coming up um, on Wednesday we'll be having our blood drive this Wednesday and uh, if you have not signed up for a a uh, reservation for the blood drive for a slot for that please see Jika and she'll be glad to take your name and give you a time that you can be here um, to uh, contribute your blood through the Red Cross and of course the Red Cross is a very important thing as we have known as we have discovered uh, both here uh, with the, the floods that have gone on and what has happened in Missouri and Alabama and Tennessee and, and Georgia um, the Red Cross is really ministering in all of these places. Uh, so that's, that's this Wednesday. Uh, Vacation Bible School is coming up very soon, a week from tomorrow, isn't it? And Mary, I believe you have something that you would like to say about Vacation Bible School. We have some exciting things happening. Thank you, Mary. Uh, Vacation Bible School, as you can see, it's Pandemonia. Panda, you see the little panda bear over there, and uh, it's going to be an, an excellent time. Uh, kickoff party at Aqua City on Thursday, and, um, and we can see Mary for some tickets for that. It's great uh, to be busy for the Lord. We've been doing a lot of things for God and have a lot of things coming up uh, that we're going to be doing for, for God's kingdom here. And so we're glad to be a part of that. It's also important for us to share the love of God with one another. So let me invite you to do just that. Stand and shake the hands of the people around you and share God's love with one another.
Okay, children, if we can have our children come to the front for our children's moment. Mr. Nibby will be having our children's moment. So children, come on down. We have some children today. Oh, great. Great. I tell you what, we're just gonna stand up because it's gonna be short and sweet and to the point this morning. We're gonna play a game. How many do we have? You, wanna, you can stand up with me today if you'd like. Yeah, just gonna stand up. Well, we're gonna play a game. It's called, is everybody ready? Yeah, Y'all, the kids are ready. Um, we're gonna play a game, what is better, okay? Now I'm gonna pull out some things here and I want you to tell me what is better. Okay, one bottle of water or two bottles of water. What is it? Two bottles, okay. Um, one hot dog or a whole bunch of hot dogs. What is it? One hot dog, okay. You're a smart girl. One bottle of Dr. Pepper or a big one liter bottle of Canada Dry Soda. You like the Dr. Pepper better, okay. You don't mess me up a little bit, that's okay. Um, it's supposed to be in here. One cup of flour or a whole big bag of flour. A little bit of fire? Okay, you are on it today. What if I uh, dump this whole bag of flour and make one cake? It's not going to be very good, is it? Okay, what if I take one bag of flour and make one hot dog bun? It's not going to be very good either. Okay, sometimes bigger is not always uh, better. Uh, sometimes a little bit. Okay, a little bit, we all know what a little bit is. A little bit goes a long way, and sometimes just a little bit is all you need. If you ate all those hot dogs, it's, it's not going to be, you're not going to feel very good, are you? Last night I ate a really big dinner after almost 8 o'clock. Guess what? I didn't sleep too good. But it sure was good, but I would have been just as good if I'd had just a little bit, right? Okay. When Jesus lived on earth, he taught us all kinds of lessons about talking to God. And one thing that Jesus said, and this is a Bible verse that I should have memorized, but I don't. But I want to read it because it is so powerful. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock at the door and it will be opened to you. Okay? Some people think we can ask God for anything we want and he will give it to us. Sometimes we think that, but that's not really the case, is it? But there's an important thing that we need to know that Jesus had to face himself that we have to, even, and even if it's small, it's just enough in God's, God's eyes. So small things are a lot of times just enough in God's eyes. In fact, sometimes a little bit goes a long way in God's eyes. Okay, we're going to pray, but before we do that, got a thing I want to ask you whenever we leave here today that we walk quietly and quickly back to the children's suite okay let's pray Lord today we remember how you use the smallest of things to cause us to learn more with less in Christ's name we pray amen thank you
scripture from today is from Acts it's chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. <clears throat> now that he had spoken these things, while, he, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heavens as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Let us pray. We stand here today with the hope that you have given us. We stand here today and can take comfort in the final words of Jesus. We know that on some beautiful day, he will return to us. Dear Jesus, let us not worry so much about the exact time that you will return but enjoy the gift of life that you have given us. Thank you for that gift. Now let us use your, the gift that you have given us to go out into the world and inspire, inspire others through our words, through our actions, and through our lives. Help us to convince others that you are the answer to so many of their questions. Dear Lord, we rejoice today in your promise because we know that someday you will return. And what a glorious day that will be.
No, Jerry Neal has not gotten older or better looking. It's, uh, he, he just wasn't able to make it today, so they asked me to sign. Let us pray, please. Dear God, as we come to this sacred time, we are gratified to be able to give to you a portion of what you have given to us because we know that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from you. And dear God, on this Memorial Day weekend, we know as Isaac Newton did, we are able to see far because we are able to stand on the, soul, on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. And so dear God, thank you for all the wonderful saints that have come before us, that have laid the foundations, built the buildings, articulated the theologies, and done the good works that so often we enjoy. Help us to give thanks and keep them in our memory today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Summer. That was beautiful. One of my favorite hymns and just such a wonderful, beautiful rendition of it. Thank you so much. I was in um, Louisville a couple of weeks ago driving down one of my favorite streets there, Bar Bargetown Road. Uh, some of you are probably familiar that, with that road. It's a, a road that is filled with all kinds of interesting shops and restaurants and there's just a lot of energy in that road as people walk up and down the street and, and you can see all types of people uh, walking up and down Bargetown Road. But as I was there, I happened to look up and I saw a sign that said, Tattoos While You Wait, which made me wonder if there was any other way to get a tattoo. I mean, do other tattoo businesses allow you to leave your arm or your chest and come back later for it when it's done? Maybe they have a claim check, kind of like at the dry cleaners or something like that. But of course, the answer to that question is obvious. There are some things in life that you just have to wait for, and tattoos are one of them. Syndicated columnist Kathleen Parker had an article in the Chicago Tribune a while back in which she suggests that in today's world we have lost the art of patience, the ability to wait. She was speaking specifically about the media and she said that today's media outlets are so obsessed with an unceasing rush to tell the story that they don't ponder the deeper implications of these events. She notes that one of her favorite authors, Walker Percy, reportedly has a one-word sign on his desk, and that one word is wait. Wait. Some things simply cannot be rushed. Some things require the virtue of patience. Former Minnesota Vikings quarterback Dante Culpepper is no longer in the NFL, but at one time he played in three consecutive Pro Bowls. Excellent player. But success did not come to him overnight. In his first year as a backup quarterback, Culpepper saw very little playing time. He didn't even throw a single pass in his first year in the, in the NFL. But he says that this time sitting on the bench was very beneficial to him, very important to him. For you see, he watched every single play. He studied his opponents. He observed the quarterback. He went through mental drills, picturing what he would do in this particular situation. And he admitted that the waiting was hard work but it paid, paid off for him when he finally got his chance. And that's the way it is with so many things in our lives. Waiting is hard work, but sometimes it pays big dividends. We see this all throughout the scriptures. Abraham was told, promised by God, that he would be, a pro be the father of, of a great nation, but he didn't have this child. He didn't have his first child until he was 100 years old. In fact, his impatience with having his child, having that child got him into some trouble. 
God told Moses that he would lead his people out of 400 years of slavery and that God would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. But Moses spent 40 years waiting out in the desert. God told David, God had David anointed as king of Israel. But then David waited for many years before he actually got to become king. We all have to go through these periods of waiting in our lives. Even Jesus waited in the carpenter shop until he was 30 years old before setting out on his public ministry. But then we come to our scripture for today after Christ's resurrection. We see that he showed himself to his disciples and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And then on on one occasion while he was staying with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised you. The gift that you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift. That's what Jesus asked of his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Wait for the gift. But was, what was the gift? It was the gift of God's Holy Spirit. It was the gift of God's power and God's presence in human life. Quite frankly, it is the gift that keeps us going when life makes it hard for us to go. One of my favorite authors, Anne Lamott, writes about a friend of hers who is also named Anne. This second Anne took her two-year-old son uh, to Lake Tahoe during the summer one year. They were staying in a rented condominium by the lake, and since Lake Tahoe is a big gambling town, all the rooms are equipped with heavy curtains and shades that block out all of the sunlight, every speck of sunlight, so you can stay up all night in the casinos gambling and then sleep all morning. But one afternoon, Anne put her baby down for a nap in his playpen in one of those rooms and went and did some, some work. It was pitch dark in there. But a few minutes later, she heard her two-year-old baby knocking on the door from inside the room. And so she got up, knowing that he'd crawled out of his playpen. And she went to, to put him back down again. But then when she got to the door, she realized that it was locked from the inside. He had somehow managed to push that little button on the inside of the doorknob. And so he was calling to her, Mommy, Mommy. And she was saying to him, Jiggle the the doorknob, sweetie. Jiggle the doorknob. Well, after a moment, it became clear to this two-year-old child that his mother would would not be able, could not be able to open that door. And so panic became to, to set in with this child. He began sobbing and crying out, and his mother ran around like crazy, trying everything possible. She tried to get the the front door key to work, and it wouldn't work. 
She called the the rental agency where she left a message on their answering machine. And she called the manager of the condominiums where she left another message. Then she ran back and forth to check on on her son every minute or so. and, and, And there he was in total darkness, this terrified little child. And finally, Anne did the only thing that she could do. She slid her fingers underneath the door where there was about a a one-inch gap. And she told her young son to to bend down and and find her fingers. And and finally he did. And and they stayed there like that for, for a really long time, lying on the floor, him holding on to her fingers in the darkness. He finally stopped crying. She wanted to call the fire department or something, but she felt that that contact was the most important thing for him at that moment. And then after she had him calm down, she, she started saying, open the door now. And so ever so often he would jiggle the doorknob and and eventually, after about a half an hour, it popped open. Some of you probably had experiences like that. Some of you parents have had things like that happen in your own life. And and you understand that the first thing that desperate mom had to do was to calm her child down and to let him know that she was there. And you know, that's the way it is with our lives. That's what we need in our lives from God. I mean, it's a wonderful thing for us to read about Christ's resurrection from the dead. And that's a wonderful thing to celebrate and to to know the truth of. But it's an even more wonderful thing to experience the risen Christ who is available to us through the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And that's what the ascension of Christ is all about. Christ could no longer be with us physically. The disciples needed to let go of Christ's physical presence, which could could only be shared with a few people at a time, so that he could return in his spiritual presence, which would be available to everyone over all time. And so Christ said to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Go and wait for this gift that I've promised you. But what's the virtue in waiting? Why wait? Jesus, why can't you just give us this gift now? Why wait? Well, I think that Christ was calling on them to to enter into a time of preparation. They weren't ready for the coming of the Holy Spirit yet, and they, they needed a time to prepare for the coming of the Holy Spirit So that they could be who they needed to be and do what they needed to do. And that's exactly what they did. Just a few verses after this passage of scripture. We see that after Jesus' ascension, the disciples went back to Jerusalem. And it says they, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying and devoted themselves to prayer. They were preparing themselves for the gift that was to come. And you know, that's a common theme in the church year, isn't it? 
we wait and we prepare during the season of Advent to, to celebrate Christmas and the birth of, of Jesus. We wait and prepare during the season of Lent to, pre- to celebrate the resurrection at Easter time. And now Christ was telling his disciples to wait and prepare to celebrate the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost, which we will do here in our church in just a couple of weeks. And I suppose it's possible to experience the coming of Christ into our lives without a season of preparation. It seemed to happen to Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul had been a persecutor of Christians. He had been arresting Christians in Jerusalem and he was headed towards Damascus with a letter in his hand giving him permission to arrest Christians that were there. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell on the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Of course, it was the risen Christ making himself known to Paul. So I guess the coming of, of Christ into a person's life can happen all of a sudden without a season of preparation. But I wonder, I'm not sure that that happened to Paul. Because I wonder if Paul wasn't somehow prepared for his conversion by witnessing Stephen's martyrdom when he was being stoned to death while Paul looked on and held the coats of those who were stoning Stephen. And as Stephen faithfully gave testimony to the lordship of Jesus Christ even while he was being pummeled to death with rocks. For most of us, a season of preparation is important. In fact, I believe that that that's a very important reason for us to be in worship together every Sunday. Now, I know we're not going to have a dramatic mountain day experience with God every, every time we come into this place. I wish, I wish we could, but that's just not going to happen. But, but this is where we prepare ourselves. This is where we prepare ourselves to meet the world. This is where we prepare ourselves to do the things that God has called, to, uh, called us to do. This is where we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts that God has in store for us. This is the place where we can take little nuggets of God and experience the presence of God through God's word and, God, and song and, and through each other. There's a wonderful little story about a young elementary student elementary school student who when asked to define what is an elevator she said it's a little room that you go into and when you shut the door the upstairs comes down (laughs) it's a good way to look at it isn't it it's not literally true of course but but in a sense that's what happens it's it's a great way to look at it when you think about it I think that's a great description of what happens when we come together to worship. We come into into this place and we shut the doors on on the noise and the distractions of the outside world. And we prepare ourselves for the upstairs to come down. 
waiting for the gift, waiting for God's Spirit. But there's one more question to be asked, and that is, what are we supposed to do with this gift of God's Spirit? I think you already know the answer to that too, don't you? We're to share it. Scripture here says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you hear what what Jesus is saying to his disciples here? He told them to, to go to Jerusalem. Don't leave there. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And you'll be my witnesses all over the world. In other words, go and prepare yourselves because the time is going to come very soon when the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to truly be the people that you need to be and you're going to do the things that God wants you to do and you are going to share this good news and this kingdom lifestyle with everyone you meet. My friends, when the Spirit came to the disciples at Pentecost, they were on fire to share that experience with the world. And when the Spirit of Christ comes into our lives, we become obsessed with sharing God's love with everyone we meet. Mark Buchanan tells a wonderful story about a Jewish school in Brooklyn for children with learning disabilities. Seems that a few years ago, a father of one of the students in this school, a boy named Shia, she, he spoke at a, a, a fundraiser for the school. And this father began, by, began his talk by, by thanking this person and that person. And then he, then he startled everyone with an anguished question. He asked where is the perfection in my son, Shia? That was an unusual question. Where is the perfection in, in my son? And then he explained what he meant. He said, everything done in heaven is done with perfection, but my child cannot understand things as other children do. So where is the perfection in that? Well, the guests sat silently, not knowing exactly where he was going to take this. And then he said, he said, I believe that when things, when heaven brings a child like this into the world, the perfection it seeks is in the way people react to that child. And then he told this story. He said that one day he and Shia were watching some boys play baseball at the park, and, and Shia wanted to play. And so his father went over and spoke to the pitcher of one of the teams, and, and the boy at, at first was, was unsure, but then he kind of shrugged his shoulders, and he said, whatever. I mean, we're in the eighth inning, and we're behind by six runs, and we've got nothing to lose, so sure, he can go out and he can play short center field, and then we'll let him bat in the ninth inning. But Shia was ecstatic. He stumbled out to his position, and he stood there, nothing came to him, but by the bottom of the ninth inning, his, his team had, had closed the gap and the bases were loaded. They needed a home run and they would win the game. But Shia was up to bat. 
So the boys kind of gathered together and they conferred with one another. And to his father's amazement, they handed the bat to Shia. He stood over the base, clutching the bat askew, and he was holding it too tight. Obviously, he had never held a bat before. He didn't know what he was doing, didn't know how to, how to swing at a pitch. And then the pitcher from the opposing team did something spectacular. He took a few steps closer, and he, and he lobbed an easy ball right over the plate. Well, Shia swung wildly and missed widely. So one of his teammates came up to him, wrapped his arms around Shia from behind, and together they held the bat. The pitcher lobbed another easy ball, and Shia, along with his teammate, swung and hit a slow roller right to the pitcher. All the players shouted for Shia to, to run to first, so he, he shuffled along, and the, the pitcher could have had an easy out. But what did he do? He threw the ball wide and wild all the way out to right field. Shia made it to first base. Then the players yelled for him to run for second, and again, the right fielder threw the ball wide and far out into left field, and he had made it to second. And on it went, Shia loping along, and everybody from both sides screaming themselves hoarse for him to run all the way home. He touched home plate, and the ball came singing in right behind him, and the boys cheered madly. They, they mounted Shia on their shoulders and paraded him around like a hero. That day, the father said, those 18 boys reached their level of heaven's perfection. And that's why we wait for the Holy Spirit because it's those kinds of things that the Holy Spirit makes us do. That's a story from a Jewish rabbi. But you know something? It's a perfect Christian story. For you see, the gift of God's love that we receive through the presence of God's Holy Spirit, that's a gift that we don't just take and hoard. It's a gift that we take and we share. We've been blessed beyond measure because we know the joy of knowing Christ. But there are so many people who don't know that joy. And so it's up to us not to hoard it, but to share it. So that one day all the world will know the reign of God's kingdom and God's love in their lives. And when that day happens, it will indeed be perfection. So my friends, as the disciples did so many years ago, let us wait with eager anticipation for God's Holy Spirit to fill us with God's love. And then let us share that love through what we say and what we do. In Christ's name, amen.
We're going to sing together our invitation hymn. This is the threefold truth, number 408. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's Holy Spirit working in your life. Maybe you've been waiting for the Holy Spirit. And we will celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit in two weeks on the day of Pentecost. But the Spirit is here. The Spirit is here now. And the Spirit may be working in your life even today. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, maybe today's the day to do it. You know, on that day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, when, when the Spirit came upon the disciples, Peter got up and he began to speak. And people understood him. People from all over the world were in the city that day, and people understood them in, his, in their own language. And, and many of them accepted what he had to say and made Christ their Lord that day. Maybe you need to do that today to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, to say, yes, I want that spirit. If you've never done that, please do that today. Maybe you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church today, or maybe you need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and pray. Would you come as the Spirit leads you today as we sing, this is the threefold truth. Let us pray. Oh God, we have gathered in this place to remember the ascension of our Lord. We know that his leaving was not the end of his ministry, rather it was a new beginning. And like this story of our Lord's ascension is at the beginning of Acts, so also the message of the angels is a message that we need to hear today. Stop gazing and start going. So go forth from here in the power of the ascended Christ who said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go with the presence of the ascended Christ who said, I am with you always. And go with the purpose of the ascended Christ who assures that he will confirm the message in the lives of everyone who hears. Let us all go in the Spirit of God. Amen.